Hey there, thank you so much for listening to the Big Time Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network, live and nationwide. Burke Allen here in Washington, D.C., and the podcast is service of our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a keynote speaker, a platform speaker, or you're a meeting presenter, uh, a meeting planner, log on to SpeakerMatch.com and get together. Folks at Speaker Match have had to redo the way they do work in 2020 because of the pandemic. But you may or may not be aware that it has decimated the entire entertainment and theater industry. You might have heard that all Broadway theaters are closed till at least the middle of 2021. But it's also affecting theaters in every neighborhood in America and many around the world. And we're going to talk to one of the guys who is behind one of those theaters But it's a very special theater. When I heard this story, I was just blown away. My friend Luis is the head of Open Hydrant Theater Company in South Bronx. And they serve the kids there in a very unique situation. And Luis Cardenas joins us on the Big Time Talker podcast. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm good. Eric, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and you do incredible work there. And, and I want to talk about how you're doing it in the middle of a pandemic, but I also want to give our listeners some background. So so your theater, Open Hydrant, is in a pretty rough neighborhood in the Bronx. Uh, and, and I think I'm probably being generous there. So paint a picture for our listeners. Tell me about where Open Hydrant exists. Sure. Um, We are in Hunts Point, New York, at a community organization called The Point, uh, which is southern part of the Bronx. We're in the, I would say, I think it's the second poorest congressional district in the United States. Um, I would say that uh, majority of our community are largely made up of Puerto Ricans, uh, African-Americans, Dominicans, uh, Hispanics. And uh, we are uh, well below the poverty level. I would say about almost 25, 26% of our community are under the poverty line. But we really work with underserved um, and mostly inner city youth. Hunts Point is, is traditionally thought of as one of the toughest neighborhoods, not only in the five boroughs of New York, but in the entire country. Is that home for you? And, and are you from there originally? How did... If not, how did you get interested in, in what happens at Hunts Point? So I um, actually was born in California, and then I went to school in New York and stayed in New York and started working in the charter school world. And um, really, I was a teacher for many, many years, and I um, decided to start a theater company, and I needed to pick and choose a company that um, would have a theater so when I went into the Bronx to find um, a theater, I, I found The Point, which has been there for 25 years. And their, their goal is to create, you know, to, 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 to bridge creativity with the community. And um, when I went and found that one of my students actually in the charter school had taken a tap dance class there. And she had said that there was a theater. And we went and uh, they had every single art form that they were teaching except theater so we found a theater and that it was in Hunts Point and we knew going in that it was going to be a challenge because of where it was but at the same time the point had been so successful we knew that we could really bring something to the community because theater had not was not at all there 
to paint a picture of this neighborhood, if if any of you uh, who are listening remember the old Paul Newman movie, Fort Apache, the Bronx, that was set right in and around Hunts Point. What's uh, what's daily life like for the young people that are in the Open Hydrant Theater Company? Um, well, they, you know, they probably have only a single parent. Uh, they're dealing with um, hardships that um, come with the low-income inner-city world. Uh, there's, um, you know, it used to be very violent in Hunts Point. Over the years, it's gotten much better. Uh, there's been a, a, a huge outreach to try to, you know, um, change the community and to build it. Uh, now that New Yorkers are leaving Manhattan, the, the, the sort of brownstones in our community are starting to be bought. So we, we're seeing a lot of gentrification happening as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but a child is really, um, a, a majority are going to, you know, to public schools. One of the things that we found was that uh, many of the, the youth were dropping out. Dropout rate was so high that they weren't finishing school. So um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough for a child in the community. How long have you been there? Uh, Open Hydrant's been there for six years. The Point CDC's been there for 25 years. And, and I understand from looking at your website, which is openhydrant.org, that um, the situation at that theater is so unique. There was actually a Showtime documentary about the theater and and about you called Shakespeare High. Yes, there's a few documentaries about our work. Uh, Shakespeare High is one of them. Um, uh, from Bronx to Yale, The Guardian did, which is another one. Uh, yeah, we have a uh, there's a a lot of interest in how we're taking the youth of our of our community and offering them theater. Theater is a you know it was just crazy that in two million people in the Bronx and there wasn't a professional. Actors Equity Theater Company. You know, there's some community theaters, but there was nothing for on a professional level. And what I found was many of the professional actors that were from the Bronx seemed to want to get out of the Bronx. They wanted to, you know, go to Manhattan, but there wasn't a sense of building the community. And I just felt that we're the New York City, you know, theater capital of the world, and how can we not have a theater company in our borough? Um, so I just felt that it was important for us to um, to fill the need. And, of course, that comes from my background of charter schools. That's what we do in charter schools. We, we go and we find out where there's a need to bridge the education gap and to get 100% of our youth, underserved youth, to go to college. And so we, you know, we, we build schools to be able to bridge that gap. And it just seemed like in theater we could build something that was very similar for what we built in our charter schools that I thought would work. The theater company is called the Open Hydrant Theater Company. You can find out more about them at openhydrant.org. Luis is uh, probably the chief cook and bottle washer there. I would imagine that you get in and, and do a little bit of everything because you're actually making this professional theater accessible and affordable for for kids and, and people in the community. But it's actors, directors, uh, producers, artists, uh, you know, set designers, the whole ball of wax. And, and I'm curious... Um, about your work specifically with the kids there. So I'm picturing, I have a 15-year-old son, Luis, and I'm picturing uh, a 15-year-old Latino or African-American kid in the Bronx, probably South Bronx, probably not being immediately drawn to theater. Is Is it a big sell or how do they get interested and involved? Well, we, there's a, there's, 
the biggest draw that we have is that you can pursue theater or pursue the arts as an enrichment, which is what do I do in my schools, or you, you pursue it as a, as a profession. And if you're pursuing it as a profession, unfortunately, in New York City, this costs money. That's right. a lot of money to be able to get headshots, take classes, to be able to take workshops. Uh, if you're doing a show, you know, most of the kids that are doing shows in Manhattan are paying to be in a program. So the first step was that when you don't have that resource to be able to financially pay, you can't, you're, you're distanced from it. So we found that it was more financial sort of distance as opposed to a, a want to be a creative distance. And so um, so by offering a, a, a space where someone can get the answers or get the, the training or get the, the ability to be able to uh, learn what it means to do this for a living, uh, we wanted there to be a place, a resource for parents, especially who are looking to see how they could get their, their child who wants to do it. So we, um, you know, we started the theater company for that purpose was to have a space for anyone that was willing and wanting to be a part of the professional world. So how we do it is we do musicals and Shakespeare are the core of the work. So when we audition and we audition from the community, we go through the community, we, we use any sort of casting um, uh, resources as well. But then the, the youth come in and you're going to find a lot more girls than guys. That's true. Sure. But they do come in and we are able to, well, first we are able to, to utilize the, the music, the musical, which is very popular, or you are able to use Shakespeare, which are the two elements that we bring into our recipe uh, because it has to, you have to really push past your rhythm above yourself. And so those two things do that. Um, and we just have to, um, we build a family. It's kind of like a sorority and a fraternity, you know, the idea of you wanting to pursue a career as a profession, the, the odds are way against you. But if you join a, a, a fraternity or a, or a sorority, which we call an ensemble, um, then you just up your chances by like 30%. So you are looking at the odds. And so we want to build that kind of family, that kind of resource where an ensemble works together nonstop and get to know each other in deeper ways. Because when strangers come together to work is very different than when a family or a group of people come together. So we knew that an ensemble was uh, essential for us in the community because that's the biggest thing also is the trust that's involved, not only in theater, but the trust just being in the community you know, and the trust of just being able to be in your own space. So building trust is huge. And so we thought theater would be the most effective thing to do. Luis Cardenas is uh, one of the guys that is behind the Open Hydrant Theater Company in the South Bronx. And the work that you do there, um, especially with the young people, is somewhat reminiscent of, of the work that you see uh, in boys and girls clubs and uh, that you see with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, but with a theatrical bent. And I wonder what the response has been like from from whoever the, the parent or the caregiver is and, and the community at large to what you're doing there because it, it just sounds, I have to tell you, it sounds amazing. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you so much. I think the, the conversations that we have that are 
we do the same thing that you said in other clubs in the community, but they're really doing it for the purpose of enrichment and we're doing ours for the purpose of professional work. And so it does start, we start with our little ones, which are in the fifth, uh, five-year-old to eight-year-olds and we call them the kids. And then we start, they go into the juniors, which are the nine-year-olds to like 12, 13-year-olds. Then we have our teens. And when they start young, they're not, that's all for enrichment. Basically, our enrichment is from you know not from five year old to about twelve, thirteen, and then we have a conversation with the parent and with the child if this is something they want to pursue, meaning getting an agent, meaning getting a manager, meaning starting to audition. What are headshots? You know, what do we need to do to train? And is this something that you want to start pursuing? And so, um, so yeah, it does start as enrichment, and so we are equal in that way to our our counterparts. But then we then start the conversation with the. The, the youth that want to pursue this as a profession is we're also building an ensemble. So once they've graduated high school and become adults, we've now created an ensemble of actors that have worked together uh, for such a length of time. Um, but yeah, we just, um, it, it has to be free. You know, we, we have to work to be able to make this a resource so that, you know, it shouldn't, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, you know, uh, there's a show on Broadway where a black man is playing George Washington and unfortunately, none of my youth can afford to go see it. Right, of course. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's so it's it's sort of this weird thing where you know to be inspired and to want to be doing this, but you got to have money. It's just it's it's it shouldn't be. You shouldn't detour your want and belief or your dream because you don't have money. And so we wanted to make sure that we were always inspiring our creative youth from the and and you find out there's just so many talented, and wonderful youth in the community that just really, you know, don't even know they have a talent, you know, because they've never really explored theater. And you're right, theater is something that's not accessible and it's not something that's the norm in the community. And so we have to be there to inspire and to show how theater is something so magical. I mean, the best way we do it with our, our youth is we just simply, um, I, I, I put a photograph of a rose on the screen or on the computer screen and I ask my scholar, you know, what is that? And they say a rose and I have them describe it. And then I give them a real rose in their hand and I put it in their hand and I ask, well, tell me the differences then because it's the same thing, but it's deeper and richer and it's truer. And they get it from that. And they understand what theater can do as opposed to something that is more of like photographs of someone as opposed to the, the real truthful thing on, you know, in the moment. And so it's a powerful moment, but at the same time it works and it's really um, incredible now, especially with, you know, we, we, we want to build off your authenticity. And then from that point, you know, be able to move your rhythms into a, a higher level so that you can play all kinds of characters, not just simply your own self. You know, when, when you bring kids in to do this, there I'm sure folks are listening right now who might think, you know what, making it as an actor is just a, a pipe dream. But the reality is, and I know from working in the entertainment industry, that certainly, you know, everyone is not going to be uh, a Chadwick Boseman or a Denzel Washington or a Brad Pitt. But really, if you pursue it and you put the time, effort, and energy into your craft – there are literally tens of thousands of opportunities to make a living in theater around the the country. But in order to take that first step, you have to be able to invest time, effort, energy, and money. And these kids in the South Bronx at Hunts Point where Open Hydrant is, I'm sure they just don't have uh, the money. There are no discretionary funds, probably uh, and, and look, you you live there. You know what's happening. But I'm imagining 
there are lots of folks that are in public housing. There are lots of lots of kids that do not have parents who are uh, uh, employed with a full time job and uh, enough to throw extra money at this. So, where does the money come from for you to help these kids to help them get headshots and all the other things they need to actually pursue this as a career after they turn eighteen? Well, a lot of the things are donated. So headshots or the um, classes that we offer are all free to them. Uh, we are um, we do shows all year. So we uh, all of our divisions do uh, musicals and Shakespeare all year. We fundraise. Uh, we have bingo nights. We have karaoke nights. We have uh, a couple of banks that have been very generous to us as well. Um, but yeah, we are at the first phase of our real work as we now transition to the next phase. Uh, we're going to start, uh, you know, getting into schools, after school programs within schools and working with uh, youth in the school system. Uh, we're also going to, we're creating shows, our own shows, our own content that we're going to travel with across the country and at schools. So we're going to be able to be hired in that way as well. Um, but yeah, it's the more that we have a lot of youth, we've had youth on Broadway now, youth in films, we've wow. had youth on TV. So as they grow as well and they become more um, more uh, known to uh, to the world, they also bring a lot too. So we're just, um, yeah, we just keep working and building. I've been doing this. I, I, this all started also because my, my high school drama teacher who inspired me and saved my life then was wanting and willing to partner. Her name is Sarah Rosenberg and we call her Rosie, but we were able to partner together. And it's the power of the, of, of, of the mentor, the power of the, the teacher, the, uh, the adult in the situation who's there to be able to offer the youth the inspiration to be the best they possibly can be. I mean, for us, it's, it's, if you're going to go to college, then, you know, you know, pick Harvard, <laughs> you yeah. know, pick Stanford, you know, uh, go for it. You know, why not? But college is college, no matter where you go, and you're going to be appreciative and learn anywhere. But if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go into retail, you know, go to, go to Louis Vuitton, you know, start thinking of, you know, they, they're, they're, there's something that at a higher level, which then dictates to you how you approach the work that you're doing. You know, a lot of the questions we get from parents and a lot of the, the learning and the teaching for them is more about, you know, you, have, you, have, you can see if a parent wants it or if the kid wants it, you know, and if the parent wants it, then it's tough. But if the kid really wants it, then we can really help and help the parent understand how to maneuver and work their way through interviews, through auditions, through, you know, we also help getting kids to auditions because parents can't. So things, things like that that just get them um, uh, educated within the, the professional elements of this. Because for enrichment, it's just different. It would be very different. You know, but the idea of knowing how to walk into a room, you have to get through the audition process before you can ever get a job. So you even have to look at auditioning as its own art form. And that's a whole discussion that, you know, the, the, that's something that, that, that other, other organizations aren't teaching, you know, and, and I understand because they're not trying to pursue it as a career. But we really do have to have those conversations about, you know, how you look how you're presenting yourself, what is it, you know, what, what, what can you play? Who can you play? What is it that you can and cannot do? Uh, how does that matter when you go into an auditor's room and, and, to, and to be evaluated? You know, how do you take rejection? Rejection is a huge one. How do you keep, you know, you, you got to go on 30 auditions before you're going to get one. You know, so we have an ensemble to be able to fall back on. That's why we love this idea of a group, because when you don't get the job or you're so close to a job, you know, we've had we've had kids close to real big jobs and they didn't get it. It's very easy to walk away. 
and feel like, you know, this, this isn't going to work, but we're able to come together and keep them inspired and keep going. And, and yeah, so it's a, it is a, a beautiful thing. When, when you have a young person that walks through the door and, and I'm trying to picture, you know, a 14, 15 year old inner city youth who comes in and you show them Shakespeare for the first time. That's got to be like teaching a foreign language or walking onto to the surface of Mars. It's got to be so completely different for some of these kids. And, and I wonder, you talked about whether it's the parents who want it or the kids that want it. Um, what's that like to, to expose that to a young person? And maybe you've got, uh, you've, you've got a story about a kid whose life you saved, just like Rosie, your teacher, saved your life. Yeah, you know, you can find the same themes, you know, in a Shakespeare play that have resonated and have traveled the years and are still relevant today. Uh, so much of it, you know, you look at Romeo and Julia, you know, it's just you know two kids that defy their parents, right? So you find the core themes and you're able to really work on those. And I um, I don't see a lot of my youth really, I think, not interested in Shakespeare. They might be scared, but there's a want for them to really, you know, learn the classics and what that really means about the classics. And I've learned that too many of our youth, especially um, diverse youth, instead of like, they'll take Shakespeare and instead of really learn Shakespeare and then adapt, they skip the learning of the Shakespeare and just adapt. And so they, they never succeed because they're not taking the source material and understanding that. So it's important for us to make sure that we're always we, we do a Shakespeare play a season. And so uh, we also um, take Shakespeare plays and we we um, we play with them and we actually uh, re- reimagine them in different kinds of scenarios. So like recently we've been doing a Midsummer Night's Dream as a 50s doo-wop musical. Ah, and then what great. we do is, yeah, we find the. We find the the, the 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 things that are relative to each other, and we're able to then work and discuss. Uh, a lot of it is just um, it, it's really about inspiring the youth to want to be better and bigger and their best. And so they come in, and so we use a lot of sport analogies. You know, when you it's just like if you want to be a basketball player, you're gonna have to learn how to dribble. You know, and so if you're gonna want to be a baseball player, you're gonna learn how to pitch and gotta learn how to throw and so you want to be an actor you're gonna have to learn the the classics so they'll come in not looking for Shakespeare but we demand that they learn and that they they take that you know we've had many different types of youth come through the door and um I think it's always the 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 challenge is to sell them on it and they buy into it but really I don't know it's there's just something about offering this to a youth who really is desiring to try to pursue and they just seem to really listen they just seem to really pay attention and they come right in and if they really want to do it they do it and they do whatever we're doing it's it, i've never have found it a challenge really I, I found kids that it's not for them but i've never found a kid that is you know unwilling to try to um to to, to learn and grow Luis Cardenas is one of the the big cheeses, the big kahunas at Open Hydrant Theater Company in the South Bronx. He's our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. They do amazing work. You can find out more about them at openhydrant.org. That's openhydrant, like a fire hydrant, dot org. Luis, the toughest part of your job, what's the toughest thing? 
Oh gosh, the toughest part of my job is I'll give you an example. We went, I took um one of our our donors gave us uh 30 tickets to go see um the Royal Shakespeare Company at BAM in Brooklyn. And we had 30 tickets to take our young diverse group. And when we got there, you had a it was a it was a Wednesday matinee at two o'clock. And it was just all white. The audience was all white. And here are 30 young black Latino kids walking in. And I felt like we were a museum. I, I had this feeling like people were just staring. Yeah. And, and then you had a couple of people ask me like, who are you? Or where, you know, where are the, who are the kids and where are they from? And I'm thinking, well, they're, they're kids coming to see a show. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, but it was just this weird feeling I was having, you know, just that people were just, didn't make sense to them. So already I felt really sort of sick inside thinking, is, was this a good thing or not? You know? And yeah, so yeah. we went in and then at, at BAM, they have like, when you sit in the balcony, there's this like large amount of stairs you have to walk up. So we walked all the way up to the balcony and they're in the last like three rows of the balcony, my students. And again, people while we're sitting there before the play was starting, were just looking back at us and looking at the kids. And of course, you know, 30 young diverse youth from uh, Hunts Point are not the quietest in the world. And so, you know, they were a little sort of outrageously loud and people were just, you know, I could just tell they felt like they were going to be interrupted or disrupted. And all they were doing was just talking before a show started. And then the show started, and I'll never forget, um, one of my girls was sitting there and the, the play started with... Uh, um, a man rising from below the stage and he just kept rising from a mat that was on top of him and it just kind of moved and came alive and it was a beautiful beautiful image and one of my girls was just screamed oh my god like she just said something really loud and the woman in front of her turned around and went and you know I, I watched the girl just sink into her chair and, and I think the hardest part for me is Theater is not yet ready, I think, for for a group that it seems that, you know, it's become so expensive and so ridiculously unreachable for a lot that it's kind of like, I don't know if they're ready to, you know, to let 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 my kids in and let them experience what they experience, how they experience it, you know, not telling someone how to experience something but to just allow them to have the experience. I, I, that's, that's what's hard about my job is I understand and know the challenges and it's weary. It's, it's hard for me to want to let my kids go into that, but they have to, and we have to be there for them. But um, I don't know if, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if um, the theater world is really still, they, they say they are, but then it's when you're in it, you realize, are they, you know, really? And that that's what's scary for me is, a theater world seems to be designed for sort of a privileged class, you know, and I wonder how to bring in the underserved into that. Um, because I, I, it's like, even last year, people were so blown away by this wonderful thing that um, a Broadway show did. They, the, um, they took the show at Madison Square Garden and um, they had 18,000 inner city youth in um in Madison Square Garden to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And, you know, but it, 
I, I loved the idea. I loved it so much. I thought it was a great thing, but it seemed even more like To Kill a Mockingbird on Ice. You know, it didn't seem like the Broadway show that was in that house at the Schubert with 1,500, you know, seats and the intimacy and the beauty of what that was. They kind of, you know, I don't know. Why couldn't the, the youth just go to the theater and see it? You know, it, it, it's a it's a challenge to be able to know that people have goodwill and they're trying, but at the same time, is it practical? And so I struggle with my myself and not wanting to overstep or ever be inconsiderate in any way. But at the same time, I see things happening and I'm like, uh, hello, <laughs> like, do, do you not see this? And how do we try to and bridge that? So, yeah, that's the hardest part is I feel like I'm the dude when I walk into a, a meeting for theater. It's like, oh, no, it's him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's that guy, that yeah. guy, the rabble rouser. <laughs> you know, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm that's the hardest part is respecting and knowing that I believe in my heart that everyone's trying to make it accessible to everyone. But sometimes it's still at the cost of of the truth, you know, what's really going on in there. And, and, and you have to, you have, it's, it's, you know, we got to talk about truthful things here. We have to have the conversation, but at the same time, I'm not trying to, to put down what people are doing, but it can sometimes feel like that's what I'm saying. And I'm not. So I, it, that's my struggle. The other side of it is I'm sure there are many days where something happens and it's incredibly gratifying and incredibly satisfying just by the nature of what you're doing there, uh, serving those kids in the South Bronx. Can you give me just one story of, of a day when you went, wow, what I'm doing here is really making a difference, a day that really touched you? Hmm. There's so many of them. <laughs> Every day is just an a incredible thing. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, when you're in the South Bronx and you're – putting on a musical we just did annie and you have you know 30 35 youth and their parents all in a room together live and experience something that you know they said really couldn't be possible and you know that it can and it can work and it can be and you're there and you have you know parents and, and children and family and they all come up and they're all just gleaming you know there's nothing more like that I, I can't even explain the, the joy of of seeing Annie or seeing you know we've done In the Heights we've done uh, Beauty and the Beast we've done Les Miserables we've done such classic musical theater we've done Othello we've done Macbeth we've done a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, to be able to sit in our community in a theater and to be able to watch it happen right in front of you and then to celebrate afterwards. Uh, there's just nothing more joyous than knowing that it's possible to do theater anywhere and it can be done anywhere and be done by whoever. You just get up and do it. And people said it wasn't possible. And I'm glad that we were able to, because we weren't the first, we weren't the first to try to do a theater company you know, in Hunts Point in the South Bronx. There's been many, many others and I've researched it. Uh, it's just that we were the, the craziest ones to be able to keep going and do it and overcome and persevere, which is a huge part of what it is to be a, a performer to begin with, having to persevere. And that's the biggest lesson is you have to be able to keep going and, and get back up again. And I'm just proud to know that there's a good hundred families strong 
as we grow in our company to be able to uh, to get it to the next level of where it has to go. Hey Amen. If you're crazy, you're my kind of crazy. And if if you want to see you want to see what uh, Luis is talking about, the joy on these young people's faces, log on to openhydrant.org and take a look at the photo gallery of those big, genuine smiles and, and the happiness uh, on, on these kids' faces. Hey, Luis, before we let you jump, you know, we talked about it at the, at the top of the podcast, how 2020 has just been brutal for the entertainment industry. You know, every touring uh, recording artist is off the road worldwide. You know, all those tours are done. Broadway is shut down till the middle of next year. Uh, community theaters uh, are pretty much shuttered across the U.S. How are you guys handling this big COVID-19 challenge? How's it changed what you do, what you can't do? And, and I guess most importantly, how people can donate to you and, and how, how those funds are coming in to help these kids. What's, what's it like in, in the era of COVID for Open Hydrant? So we were in the middle of two productions and we also had a show that we were doing at uh, 54 below on Broadway uh, with the youth. So that all was shut down. Uh, We're very lucky to be partnered with the point CDC, uh, the point.org and uh, we're their resident theater company. And so it's really open hydrant at the point and uh They've just been so gracious. We've, we, we've never had to pay rent. So that's how we, one way we have survived this is that they have um, been gracious with us to keep, let us still stay and be a part of, of them during this pandemic. Um, they have survived as well. So we're blessed with that. Um, we have done a couple of virtual shows and we're looking at the virtual platform. Our concern with the virtual platform is that is it still theater or does it become TV film? And this is an interesting conversation because the idea of media and theater and live and trying to, you know, so we've been trying to maneuver our way with trying to figure out how to make the virtual experience still live, you know, in some capacity. So uh, we're just about to start um, a new show and we are about to, uh, continue working on something we started right when the pandemic happened, which was Spring Awakening. So we're working on that on a virtual platform as well. Uh, you can find more information about us at openhydrant.org. Uh, there's a donate page there as well. So you can just go directly to from the, um, the drop down to the donate page if you want to be able to give. You can also email us at info at openhydrant.org if you have any questions or if you're interested or want to be part of or volunteer or help or because now that we have our students graduating we're starting an adult group as well because our 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 kids are adults now so they need a space and a place to be creative as well so we're starting urban waves which is the first community theater in hunts point run by the community shows for the community um so we're excited about that next venture but yeah, please keep in touch with us. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us. Again, info at openhydrant.org. And if you want to be gracious and give, please, thank you so much. You can go to our, our website, openhydrant.org, and go to donate. You're doing great work there. And, and final question, I wonder if what you're doing there in the South Bronx, do you think, Luis, that could be duplicated in other 
uh, inner city areas that are in, in rough shape? To oh, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually in Los Angeles as well. So we're kind of working on both coasts to uh, create Open Hydrant West. So we are, um, yeah, I mean, I this all started because uh, one of my most talented girls I ever worked with as a teacher who was really, to me, Audra McDonald in the making, uh, you know, when you graduate, high school you move on in the old days there was no facebook there was no social media you had no you just said goodbye right and then um i walked in i was in hunts point i walked into a taco bell and this young lady served me and i thought oh my gosh you're gonna be a broadway star you're gonna go out and you know and she we sat down and had a meeting and she said that you know she's the reason why she I, I thought of all this was because she didn't have the resources. She didn't she you know, she had a child. She had to sit there and worry about paying her bills and she needed to she she realized she could be she could get be making more money by not being in debt by going to college by becoming a manager at Taco Bell. And that she have, you know, it'd be better off financially. And so she decided to pursue that career. And I walked away just thinking about her a lot. You know, here's someone that had the the, the talent. You know, to really do something, but didn't have the resources. And so that's really what sparked Open Hydrant to begin with. And it really was based on the charter schools. I, you know, I've worked with um, charter schools and we have built from one school to 25 schools. And a lot of it's about just simply, you know, going in the community and finding the common denominators of what's needed. So you go in the community, you find the common denominators. And then once you find the denominator, you then use that denominator as what you begin, as you start. And what I found was that really is how it works and how you keep building. You just go with the need is. So it can easily be duplicated anywhere because you, you duplicate really what the need is of the community and where the community is at. And in acting, it's interesting because when I made those common denominators, I picked the five actors of color that I thought were brilliant, you know, amazing, incredible, you know, that had gifts that were versatile. You know, there's a lot of actors to choose from, but it's very rare to find people that have that kind of gift. And it was crazy when I found the common denominator, uh, four of them were British. So I thought, wow, what's that about? And I realized that it's theater and theater is structured. Theater has its, um, it's process, you know, it's, there's a definition and you just follow it and you build someone's belief in themselves to be able to stand on the stage and, and, and perform. And you can do that anywhere. You may want to check out Luis and Sarah and the rest of the gang from Open Hydrant in the excellent Showtime documentary Shakespeare High to find out more about it. And, uh, and they've got some pretty heavy hitters that have pitched in and are helping out with this incredible theater project in the South Bronx. All right, before I let you jump, you know, I gave the very Anglo pronunciation of your last name. I want you to roll those R's and impress me now. You are not Luis Cardenas. You are actually... Luis Cardenas. Ah, I love it, man. I love it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And uh, look, hats off to you, man. You're doing God's Thank work. Thank you, Burke. Thing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. The Open Hydrant Theater Company in the South Bronx is online at openhydrant.org. Openhydrant.org. They do great stuff. Make your donations there. Just check them out and look at those smiles on the young people's faces. I'm Burke Allen, live in Washington, D.C. This is the Big Time Talker podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you do, make it a great day. Thanks for listening.